0: big dog of comedy himself, <laughs> Mark Henley. I'm so excited. Welcome back to Comedians Exposed, you guys.
1: Oh my god. I feel exposed. I, in my house.
0: I know. It's crazy. We're starting to uh, <laughs> expose comedians a lot more. A lot more. A lot more. Uh, I,
1: I know there's a camera. I'm wearing basketball shorts and a black t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm borderline pajamas. You're in like full clothes.
0: I well, yeah, I did have to leave the house, yeah. so I thought maybe <laughs> you know. I know I'm depressed, but like, let me put on clothes. Oh, small wins. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's been a long time since I recorded an episode. Yeah. Yes, and I think we. I asked Mark to be on a long time ago, and Mark's a very good friend of mine, and I was so excited. He agreed to do it, and he also agreed to help me out by being my first in-person interview
1: yeah, I, I thought, because you asked me to do it, and then we, for some reason, it didn't happen, and then you started having new episodes of the people, and I'm like, ah, she changed her mind. She'd rather, she had, I know that you were holding, too, to, like, the full. Yes.
0: I wanted to wait till again, we got our, the equipment. I know. There's... You know? I'm leveling enough because, I mean, I was doing the podcast. Someone actually, um.
1: There's a lot of high-tech equipment that neither <laughs> one of us understand.
0: <laughs> no. It took a long time to get set up. But, I'm um, trying. I remember one of, uh, somebody who listened to the podcast had made a comment, because, you know, the podcast, for me, is very yeah tech and I was just using the audio on the computer mm-hmm. and the person you know commented yeah. so I actually got microphones as a gift and uh, I was super happy and I'm super happy that I'm finally here to sit down and expose <laughs> Mark Henley the big dog of comedy yes yeah. so yeah. excited. I'm
1: excited to be here
0: great well so again Comedians Exposed the whole premise started out yes. of like comedy and vulnerability Mm because for me i find it to be a really uncomfortable thing to do even right now doing this podcast in person i feel super duper uncomfortable
1: yeah that's interesting because i i think i've been doing it for so long that like something in my brain broke a few years ago and now i'm like not uh nervous in front of people i mean i am sometimes like a family party with people i don't know that much like not my family but like Other family parties where I'm supposed to make a good impression. Yeah. Um, I feel more like that. But, like, if I'm just out in the world, I don't care as much. Like, I go up uh, on stage. I don't, you know, get too much anxiety beforehand unless it's, like, a really, really big show. Yeah. So, I I feel like more and more I get less nervous all the time.
0: Wow. And I think, you know, what I want to touch really quick because you said your brain is broken.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I think there's a level of shame you should should be having with things that I don't have anymore.
0: (laughs) Shame. Oh, my God. Shame. So... I'm glad you brought that up because again, like I've been, I was talking with lots of different comics, lots of yeah. different things come up with vulnerability. And for yeah. a lot of people, you know, this idea of feeling vulnerable is also tied with shame. So sure. you're kind of like, because shame can be so, you know, yeah, unnecessary. You know, I think a lot of times like their shame is a good thing, but then, you know, especially doing comedy, like why should we be ashamed like and feel shame about just trying yeah. to make someone laugh?
1: Sure. Well, I'm talking also like in life where like in life, like you go on the subway, you should be ashamed if you don't uh, respect like, if you like have like your head, like music playing out of your phone for everyone to hear or like you're being kind of rude like that. And I feel like over time, not that I do that, but like little things like in day to day thing, I'm kind of like, I don't really care. I'll just dress how I want to dress and go where I want to go and kind of, I don't have that same level of embarrassment, but some shame is good because people don't start acting up in public or whatever, but uh the ons just like just the like being in front of people I feel like I don't have as much embarrassment and shame over. It's more like particular bits and, and jokes that I do where I'll be more nervous.
0: Yeah. I okay. Think. Well that's good yeah. because we're gonna get all into that. So uh I just want to give a little bit of a lowdown with Mark. So Mark Hanley, he is the big dog BXG. of BXG. Comedy Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, Comedy Fight Club. He also was at Edinburgh Fringe Festival, huge. So we're going to talk about all mm-hmm. of those things. Comedy Fight Club is
1: Comedy Fight oh. Club is a roast battle show that I I started getting involved with a few years ago. My uh, friend and roommate Matt Marin, he uh, he's the commissioner of Comedy Fight Club, the sleeveless wonder of the world. He uh, runs it. Uh, he was part of like uh, doing shows for Roastmasters, like a popular you know roast battle show at one point, and then he started doing his own. Roast show maybe beforehand. I'm not sure quite the timeline and then years later. I got involved and I started producing the Jersey ones and uh, part of the way I got involved was I, I started doing uh the roast and my my roast style was a little, little bit uh, unique, so I think that uh, The roasts I had were like very memorable because yeah. I would I had a kind of more unique style and then from there I got like uh, just more involved as me and Matt became closer because we're like very similar people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: What makes your roast style unique?
1: uh my thing is, I, I, I started doing a thing where I would read a prepared statement about my opponent before the battle. Mm-hmm. So before the battle, I would say, listen, first I have something to say, and then I would read a multi-paragraph uh, essay about how they had wronged me, <laughs> and then all of my jokes would reference the statement. So like, instead of going up there and kind of, you know, you have your first joke, and you're like, listen, they look like this, and they're this ethnicity, and I hate them, Like, it would be sort of like this person owes me $18 and this is why I thought it was wrong. He did this and yeah. then kind of like go back and then build it back to like why it's wrong that he still owes me $18. <laughs> like make it like make a whole story around it and try to like almost like bury the other person in like the pageantry of it yeah. all. Yeah.
0: Have you found that to be like a effective for winning roast battles An effective strategy?
1: It can be. Uh, I, I, I was on a, a very hot winning streak for, for a while in undercards. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the first person that beat me at that strategy was uh, my friend, Ben Miller, who's the current comedy fight club champion. He countered with his own prepared statement. And then we had like, uh, and, and his landed better. And I know that because someone in the audience yelled out his was better. And then I had, and then we like had like a whole back and forth thing where I, I like had to almost like act my way through the battle. It was very strange, but, uh, and recently I started doing one. Um, I did it a couple times. I did it once on our YouTube channel and then once in like uh, a theater in, in Pennsylvania and uh, the strategy I did was that I would just tell my uh, opponent that I've fallen in love with their wife and that their wife should be with me and not them. <laughs> and then all the jokes are just about how beautiful their wife is. <laughs> and that actually, I've lost twice doing that. That's oh, actually not a winning strategy. I'll get consistent okay. laughs and they're like, I like the guy that that uh, isn't trying to steal someone's wife. That guy seems better.
0: <laughs> I feel like with the... Rose battles, too, in general, like you have to be walk a very fine line where you're you know making it funny, but not where the audience is feeling like bad for the person you're roasting, you know, like yeah. you don't want to get like a response like, oh, <laughs>
1: yeah, you have to know exactly like kind of the audience you're in front of, yeah, because some audiences like Comedy Fight Club, uh, I think, uh, the audience in New York, especially likes just a mean hit, you know? Like an unfair dig, they love that. Uh, If your setup is an unfair or insulting dig, uh, they like that because it's it's like fun. There's there's some energy to it. But other places, they don't like it as much. No. The number one thing is to try to have coherent jokes. And if you can't do that, I think... There's another way around it, but you have to have a big personality.
0: Yeah. You can kind of
1: personality your way through it sometimes, but it's harder to do that.
0: Well, let's talk about your comedy personality. <laughs> Who sure. Who is uh, Mark Henley? Uh, <laughs> a comedian. Big oh. Yeah, who's picked up? <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to be very improvisational.
1: I, I don't usually go up with, like, a written down set list. I try to go up there with, uh, like, um, I, I, like, I know the bits I have, and then I kind of work through it as I go up there. I tend to, like, talk to the audience a lot and try to you know, work with them to figure out like what they want to kind of talk about and then uh, go work through it with them okay. you know, so I can be more in the moment and stuff.
0: So... The whole premise, like, of this podcast, like I said, it started with vulnerability. And now, like, I've been kind of getting into it, getting more episodes in. You know, I recognize, like I said, I feel like vulnerability is, like, super specific, right, to the individual. And I started thinking, again, about how much more, like, again, comedy is tied to human psychology, you know, or, like, thinking about, you know, you brought up, like, the audience, like, how you spend time talking with the audience, getting to know them. Like, it's almost like, do you feel like, you need to make a safe space. A
1: little bit, just because uh, safe space is, like, a weirdly loaded word right oh, now. yeah. Where some people are like, like, safe space is the most important thing in comedy. And I don't think that's true. But then there's other people that are like, safe spaces are killing comedy. I don't know if that's true either. So yeah. there's, like, a section of, like, um, comedy in Brooklyn that's very based on, like... Uh, Like, you'll get kicked out of mics if you, uh, say, like, uh, the word retarded. Can I say that in here? Yeah,
0: you can say that Yeah,
1: you you get kicked out. So, I'll go there, and those audiences are very, like, they can be, like, very supportive and very, like, uh, uh, good audiences, Mm -hmm. as long as you don't, like, overstep that boundary with them. So, I kind of like going there and doing that and, like, having that bit of, like, a test, Mm -hmm. but then I, I I don't necessarily want to, like, move in there with them, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh... I think I think in certain rooms like that like that and maybe like religious rooms or like really clean rooms you do have to create a safe space but uh, other times I kind of like well the audience is a little bit looser I kind of like pushing the boundaries a little bit and like doing uncomfortable premises yeah. so I can try to um, get like more of like a wild energy going.
0: I think I don't know too necessarily. I wasn't necessarily like saying it's a designated safe space. I felt kind of like making the audience feel like in the sense that, oh, we trust you. Yes. Like we feel... We feel comfortable with you. We feel that you're gonna, what you're gonna do, you're gonna. There's a point to it, and you're gonna bring us out of it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like you're not gonna like just leave us in this like emotional. A
1: trusting space. Yeah. You need to get their trust. You need to like yeah. show that like you understand what's going on. You right. understand them, and then you can kind of move forward and say whatever you want within it. Right. And then there's certain things like in a clean room. Uh, if you like curse at all, they get mad at you. Yeah. Uh, so you break their trust immediately. Yeah. But other rooms, if, as long as you kind of like form trust. You can kind of push them all sorts of directions because they're not like they're not gonna like uh, break at a certain mm-hmm. push. So that's that's a bit of it is like understanding the boundaries of the audience, and I think that's like very intrinsic too.
0: It's also really hard too because like you brought up the word, you know, the R word and which one. Know,
1: I know, there's, there's so many. I forget, can you say it? I'm not going to say it because I feel it's really
0: uncomfortable house. saying it because, okay, so Clint, Clint was uh, on the podcast and he also, he was talking, one of his jokes, he says the word retarded. Yeah. And he kind of relates it to like just his own personal experience um, growing up, dealing with learning difficulties, yeah. yada, yada. You know, but he deconstructed the use of the word. And, like, him and I are similar ages. So, it's, like, we, like, for us, like, we kind of talk about how it's, like, this is just our vernacular. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, like, the distinction between words and how you are acting outwardly towards people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, certain words just have, again, a cadence or just you know, like a connotation, yeah. and it's not that serious. So it's like, now it's like, we're this whole space yeah. that's being created of like, where it is a safe space room. Yeah. You know, I feel like for me, like that, per, for me, kind of makes me more anxious and feel more vulnerable about sure. doing comedy, because it's like, I don't I don't know this space. This is yeah. not what I grew up with. So, you know, you're a, a bit younger. Yeah. You know, and I feel like you're kind of like, you're at closer to...
1: Mm-hmm well I, I went to college in an era where like that was uh very popular like a lot of those I feel like I learned all of like the the woke terminology mm-hmm. and even why they think like that and, and I think I even I kind of I like respect it and I think it's not even a bad thing yeah I just don't know that it's uh, a realistic way to engage with everybody because like um like I feel like when I when I was in college I learned all this stuff and they're like you need to treat people with respect don't ever like you know assume stereotypes on people like all this stuff and then I, I got into the working world and people like especially people with like more uh blue collar jobs if you aren't doing stereotype jokes with them they're kind of like they don't trust you because you're like do you think you're better than me and it's mm-hmm. like no i just i don't want to offend so it's sort of like you almost have to let i try to let people tell me how they want uh want to engage with them
0: and this for me has become like my kind of like obsession right because sure. thinking about okay essentially to me what comedy is mm-hmm. right because comedy you think about again humanity Comedy is used as a way to kind of make us feel safe as humans. Yes. You know, you think it's a way to break tension. Yeah. So essentially, like, again, if you're having this idea of, like, shattering the expectation as a way to elicit humor. Yeah. What is happening, like, again, where we're shifting kind of, like, this, because what I'm trying to figure out is, is, like, that's what I find funny is when people surprise me with yeah. these things. are like, wow, I never would have thought you <laughs> would say that. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that I necessarily like. Again, it's just that expectation that I d- wasn't getting. And now, like when you have these spaces that are like, okay, this is safe space. I'm like, what are they ex- surprising me with? You know?
1: Yeah, I think uh, I I don't know. Cause I can't really speak for them. Like what they what they're kind of doing. I think some of it is that like um, the people in those that like that tend to like the safe space comedy. Like are, like let's say you're really religious because I think it's easier with clean comedy. Uh, if you're really religious, like you're just not going to give up your standing in the community that you're in because it's a communal event by laughing at, like, a joke about, like, blowjobs or something. You're not going to let that, like, you're not going to be like, I'm not going to let that person see me laughing at that and they'll think I do that. Like, you don't want to let that happen. So I think uh, they they want the comfort of being like, I, I don't I don't want, like, uh, people seeing me laughing at a thing that's inappropriate. Yeah. So, um but with those audiences, like, you don't really have to push the boundaries that hard because the fact that you're doing any jokes that are good that, like, aren't offending them, they're already kind of like, this is a wild time, you know? <laughs> so same with, like, the, the more woke, woke rooms. Like, if you're not offending them but you're still making them laugh, they're kind of like, this is a wild time. But then if you're in a, an audience where they're not, like, they don't kind of, like, get their feelings hurt as much or they're not they're, their boundaries aren't as far, that's when you're in an audience where, like, you can really kind of just, like, shove people and kind of like really you, you get really crazy with those yeah and that's where like uh you know like all the news articles get written where like you're an audience for, for for like full of normal people and someone says something a little at like crazy and then it goes to like eventually gets its way back to the other people that wouldn't understand and they're like what is happening at the shows i'm not at it's like well you don't know because you would never go to them
0: yeah context that's right? why they didn't yeah. say them to you <laughs> so what about yourself like where do you tend to like find yourself in terms of your jokes and what you're joking about. Um, is there topics you find yourself staying away from?
1: I don't know. Well, my thing, I, I think, uh, this might be a little different than what you're asking, but I think my my uh, way of doing jokes is always, like, as I'm writing it, I write from the stage. So I go on stage with an idea and I kind of talk it out. Mm-hmm. But I always ask the audience, like, a lot of questions so I have, like, a good baseline beforehand. So if I can, like, go, get in front of enough audiences, almost do, like, a bunch of informal polling and then kind of build a perspective on what I think people think Mm -hmm. from talking to different people, that's kind of where I I form what I'm going to talk about. And I've had trouble with certain topics where, like, there doesn't seem to be a consensus on them, so it's hard for me to, like, form my own take on it, because I'm like, oh, no one has a take on this yet. Like, uh, uh, there are two topics I've always had trouble writing jokes about, or more recently I've had trouble writing jokes about, is, like, uh, porn and the rapper Drake, for very different reasons because I'll go to audiences I'm like what do you guys think about Drake and if everyone clapped and they're like I like him I'd be like okay then I can kind of work off that but it's always split There's, it's always split where someone will be like oh yeah I like him he's a good rapper yeah. and, and then there'll be people that are like I think he's grooming children and I'm like <laughs> what and then that's a completely different thing Like there's. Yeah. He's there's, very, that's
0: my first thought he was yeah. very polarizing Drake is a very polarizing Incredibly. figure what yeah. do you think of him I'm not a fan. Sorry, (laughs) I know. He's not that enthusiastic.
1: Like, you know. Yeah, well, you're like a a Prince fan.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. You you can't even Prince to Drake? Oh, my god, This is embarrassing, (laughs) (laughs) Mark. Embarrassing. That was embarrassing for me.
1: (laughs) 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 They're both, I mean, like, Drake is, like, as... Like, for what you can be in music now, is probably a similar level of popularity that Prince was. I mean, certainly not, you can't play guitar, you can't, like,
0: I, yeah, I'm you so, can't I don't,
1: do a lot of those things that Prince could do. I don't
0: feel like he is a, like, Prince puts on a, sh- okay, I yeah. saw Prince at Continental Airlines Arena, yeah. okay, which 60,000 effing people was, sure. however many they fit in there, I don't know, it's a lot. All the way, the last row, the worst seats ever. Yeah. Okay. And that mother effer was singing to me. I could feel (laughs) it. Okay. Him humping the stage with his little heels. You don't don't think
1: the people at Drake concerts feel that he's singing to them in the back row? Maybe.
0: Maybe. I don't know. I just can't picture him having that same level of charisma. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Hot take, right? Hot take.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, because he's also like very like I feel like he seems a very stiff in general, Drake. And he, doesn't he, yeah. move around a lot. Prince is very flamboyant right. and right. dancing and get yes. he heels on.
0: That was always my thing with Drake. Like I feel he's very flat. Like even yeah. in singing like all of that is always, cool.
1: It is cool to not care about things. I just get, kind of vibe.
0: have you noticed that to every fucking <laughs> celebrity. Now what is with their mouths open? <laughs> like that's uh, oh, okay. uh, Yeah. That Machine Gun Kelly guy That uh The Kardashian rapper Boyfriend Travis uh, Yeah. Like close your mouth What's What's yeah. going
1: on there the, I don't know Machine Gun Kelly I think I watched a documentary on him There's like, oh. a documentary on Hulu uh-huh. And it's just like every, every single shot of him He's like He's like this like, yeah. with, with, like a cool outfit on Like a hoodie Or he's like
0: With the mouth open Do the yeah. mouth open <laughs>
1: Like, he, like, it's hot when he does it, but, like, anyone else, you'd be like, Why, sit up. What are you doing? Why are you looking like that? Is it
0: hot? though? is that what Yeah, he's. Yeah,
1: I think he's tall and he's attractive, so I think he's able to, like... Uh,
0: he seems not well to me. Kelly, <laughs> though. <laughs> Bringing him up. Okay. MGK. MGK. We are divided. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's very lanky, like a string bean. But he has a persona.
1: Sure. And I also like uh, unlikable uh, musicians.
0: Like, well, uh, who else? i really Morrissey lately. <laughs> Morrissey, I like. Well, I like. I think I grew up with The Smiths. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So I was like, more. You know, I mean, Morrissey, I feel like made the way for like the emo.
1: Sure, but he's like he's vegan, which people don't like. Oh yeah. But he's like annoying vegan. He's not yeah. like he's not like I do it for health. He's like I simply think it's wrong to kill an animal. You know, like that type of thing. <laughs>
0: okay, the vegans are very pushy.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's he's yeah. a pushy vegan, and he's also like gotten a little conservative in his older age
0: oh, yeah so a he's conservative he's always running chicken. if you like
1: any like news story about Morrissey, he's just running his mouth and being in jerk all times oh wow and I kind of like that
0: okay I yeah I haven't kept up with Morrissey news lately <laughs> so I don't know yeah. but I think the whole point was all these people like are they personas mm-hmm. right or what's like what to what extent but that's what I wanted about you like to what extent yes is Mark Henley on stage or persona bad news for you Santa isn't
1: real I'm sorry, I'm the one that has to tell you this, Santa isn't real, and if he was, we would have killed him. We'd have killed him. Frederick Nietzsche said that God is dead, and we killed him. You think we wouldn't do the same to Santa Claus? You think we wouldn't take the North Pole for military advantage? We're going to have to fight Russia one day, you think the North Pole wouldn't help us with that? Um, I, I think it's, I don't think I, I don't say anything. I don't believe on stage really, unless it's like very clearly fake. Uh, then I guess it's a persona. Well, it depends. So like, depends what I'm doing. So I I almost have, uh, like I I don't think anyone else, anyone watches me enough times to to necessarily know this stuff, but like, uh, outside of like close friends I have, but like if I'm standing on stage with a microphone, generally I'm saying, uh, what I believe and then I'll do a thing sometimes where I'll sit down on the stool and do, like, a very angry character where I'll just start screaming about things, and all that stuff is just nonsense. Nothing nothing I believe. And so I'll, I'll like, I think that having a, a sit-down versus the standing-up thing, that, to me, is, like, the difference of, of like, uh, uh of persona versus what I think of as the regular me.
0: Where what? How much, like, how much of a split do you get on your stage time? Like, is it 50-50 where you
1: no, like... No, 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 no. I very rarely, just like, lapse into, like, the... uh the sitting down yelling on the stool thing. I, I did a couple of Christmas specials. Yeah. And I have both of those have like segments where I'm like yelling about the truth or whatever, the truth about Christmas. And then I have the rest of it, I, I kind of like um, uh, am like standing up mostly just like doing bits the way I would normally as a person. Yeah. So I, I think like uh, depending on what I'm doing, I kind of like lapsing into a, a persona, but mostly I try to be as uh, genuine as possible, I think.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that where, and that's where you feel comfortable?
1: Yeah, I feel very comfortable on stage. I think yeah. very, uh, very relaxed up there.
0: Do you ever uh, have times when you get off stage where you feel uncomfortable and you like analyze the shit out of what you said,
1: um, and you're like,
0: oh my god, I don't want that ever to be seen in the light of day.
1: It's sort of, it's sort of rare because, um, so like. Every week I open up Comedy Fight Club and I go up there with, like, unwritten material and I just hype up the show. I hype up the show and I say how I, what I feel about each battle happening and I try to get people excited about that. And, like, most of the time it goes really well. But sometimes I get, like, nothing. And those still go up. And then sometimes I do really, really great and I crush the whole time and those go up too. And uh, not much changes in life. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's... I, I sort of, like, don't put as much... Uh, stress on performance to performance because i think it's very rare that you're in the eight, the M&M 8 mile moment where you're like i've got one shot i've got to fucking put everything behind this performance uh, I, mostly i feel like you're just kind of like um uh you get an opportunity and then you you try to do as well as you can with it and mm-hmm. then hopefully that same opportunity happens over and over again until you can actually do something with it yeah you know like there's there's one time back in the day where uh the creek in the cave was like a popular venue in New York before it, mm-hmm. closed, before it moved to Austin and they were looking for more like uh, co- comedians for their house shows and they had something called the Creek Purge where they had uh, uh, open sign ups to audition for like the house shows mm-hmm. and 80 comics show up oh. and they bumped down what was gonna be like a few minutes to like everyone gets two minutes and it went on for like literal hours. it went on hours and hours and hours and I like um, finally get my like two minutes to go up and i'm like maybe within the last 20 people to go up and um i i do a whole thing where i do an opening joke about how my like my dad's gay and then uh it goes goes good and then i'm like you guys you guys have gay dads and they kind of don't say anything and i'm like you think you're better than me fuck this and then i like take my shirt off, I had a Hawaiian shirt on, and I take it off, and this is when I was, like, heavier. So I'm, like, real fat, no shirt on, I, like, put on a black t-shirt, and I sit on the stool, and I'm, like, I'm in a black t-shirt, I'm on the stool, I'm gonna get real with you guys. Mm-hmm. And then I just started doing, like, the sort of ironic, I don't believe in it, like, dumb guy yelling stand-up character I do. Yeah. And, like, uh, immediately, like, the next day, I got, like, a friend request from the owner, and I'm, like, I fucking did it. I, I crushed the thing as hard as I could, and then I got one spot off of it, and that was it. Oh. So it's one of those ones where, like, You can really, you can, like, put all your focus into, like, getting something to go. You do have the the performance it's as good as you need it to be. Yeah. And then it still doesn't lead to the opportunity you'd like it to. Because the the big thing is, like, uh, you have to be there, like, enough times. Like, the way I got involved in Fight Club was, like, you know, I I had some battles. And, like, some of them went really, really well. But it wasn't until, like, Matt and I became, like, genuine friends. And then he needed, uh, the pandemic happened, and they started having to, like, do the show on the road and I was offering help book the Jersey ones mostly because like, I love, I I love the comedy in Jersey. I love the comics. I think we're like underrated, but also really stupid. We're a little (laughs) bit of both. It's a good, healthy mix of people who are underrated and people who are unhinged lunatics. And I love both of them. (laughs) And I had, I had you on the very first one we did, right?
0: on the first
1: fight club? Yeah, was it in, were you in the backyard one? Yes. Yes. Oh
0: with yeah, so that was So you're uh, one
1: of those too. You decide. <laughs> 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 uh so we, we had we had a, 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 all of those and and I I, I like doing that. And I guess like you know, that went well, so we kept doing more. So eventually, like yeah. I think I think after like that night, uh they like asked me to like be a regular on the show and then yeah. I kept booking more and stuff. So So much
0: it is fun. I my favorite yeah. was uh the Halloween one when I oh been, that was, that was so such good. a weird night, but it was so much fun.
1: That might be online somewhere. That was a good one. Yeah, we had you uh we, we do like these like Halloween ones where people like going in character in like character, and those are my favorites. Because they're more, I think they're more creative. You can do more really strange stuff. Very strange. And we did. You were Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah. Versus. uh,
0: Fred Durst. Fred Durst.
1: Yeah. I was think I suggested you at it because, like, uh, I don't know, because I I thought you'd be fun at it, you know. (laughs) And and like uh, and like you were like dancing the whole time, and like the guy doing Fred Durst was like really into it. Like, so both of you guys were really into it, and there was a point where something, I think, a crown dropped on the ground. Yeah. and you pretended to lick it after it went in the puddle and no one no one but me cuz I was thinking a certain angle I could see that you didn't actually lick the puddle thing but no one else could see it so everyone else was just like like horrified that cuz also know. this was like oh this is during the yeah. like sort of during the pandemic so we're like outside in Brooklyn in garbage on, in garbage
0: yeah literally
1: like, yeah we was just like filming a pile of garbage basically. it would be it was outside of a brewery <laughs> and it was on like bre- this brewery it had was like a
0: industrial street kind yeah, of it was
1: industrial street in brooklyn this brewery had like a pallet in front of their their place and they said this is where the comedy show is, and people would watch them so we had a full crowd watching a so uh, roast battle show on a pallet in <laughs> amidst trash in front of a brewery and then oh, something trash. your crown fell in the liquid and you pretend to lick it and everyone's like, No, she she licked trash <laughs> liquid. <laughs> she licked the, hot garbage liquid. M- more lunatic ben. <laughs> <laughs> That night. <laughs> Most nights. Other nights uh, you're definitely the, the normal
0: <laughs> It's so fun though. But yeah. I you know I I think do you think though uh comics are lunatics compared to to the general population is there something um, psychologically because that's where we're going to go next because we're going into the psychology
1: of it's hard to battle. say i mean it all depends on on, on who we're talking about because I, I think like uh uh to to get from mike to mike you have to have a degree of like coherence about you you know i think i think uh it does attract a lot of crazy people mm-hmm. and there's some people i think that start doing comedy that like never quite get good but like they're nuts and this is where all their friends are now. Mm -hmm. So they kind of just keep doing it over and over again. And, like, I have some uh, affinity for those people. So I think that some real crazy people get involved in comedy, but I don't think everyone's, like, real crazy.
0: Yeah. Do you think it's it's more, like, compared to the general population? Like, do you think comics Mm. compared to the general population are?
1: It's hard to say because, like, they'll be... The craziest people I've seen are not comics. Like, the guy on the subway with, like, a loose... A loose bucket of wood screaming like Bible verses is like not a comic. Yeah, he's no. just a guy. He's so just a
0: guy with his. The work. craziest.
1: There's only a couple comics that I, I I've met or people that did comedy that have committed serious crimes. <gasps> um, that I think uh, are you know. So. Wow. Two out of however many people I know, I think are not necessarily.
0: I feel like sometimes too. I think I think comics were not necessarily more. And stable, I think we're just more honest about the struggles, I feel like, or people are trying to make jokes more about their experiences. Sure. You know, right? Because I feel like people essentially, like, you know, you hear all kinds of things at mics. Yeah. And whether or not it's real or not, it's what's being talked about. So it's like, is this what everybody's kind of going through at some point in their life? Because I feel like that's what a lot of times makes you funny is when someone in the audience can relate to you
1: yeah or our delusions it might be the vulnerability of having our delusions more put in front of everybody yeah where like um uh everyone doing an open mic a comedy is like they're like uh i think i'm gonna be successful at this i think everyone thinks that and then you know uh maybe if you interviewed someone that like worked at whatever job they're working at like you, you go to like wendy's and you interviewed everyone there and like you're like which one of you is going to be the manager all of them are like me and then it's like that guy would never be the manager. He doesn't even know how to He burns the fries constantly. Oh. <laughs> so who knows, maybe there's like God, we're, we're just not
0: his dreams. We, we might
1: just not be paying enough attention to what everyone's doing at work. Yeah. Because I mean, like you 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 work.
0: I have a job. You yeah. have a job,
1: which yeah. we will not discuss, I imagine. No. So uh how many people are there that if you really asked them if like uh are you good at this and will you do bigger things with this would give you a not delusional answer.
0: I would Maybe they would think that they're good at getting promoted. But this is also like, I think it's tied to ability, right? Because yeah. everyone has different abilities. Yeah. Just like in comedy. Like, some people are just funnier than others. But like you said, everybody thinks of, like, to be successful. But then also that whole version of what's successful look like. Like, you talked about yeah. there's two different people who, like, people who aren't good but found the comedy scene for, like, their friends. Sure. And then people who are, like,
1: yeah. Well, there's some people, like, uh, like in New York, everyone's trying to be successful. Because it's, like, a big, you know... It's
0: New York, right? It's New York.
1: But, like, there's some people that live more in, like, the Jersey Shore scene that I think uh, don't have any uh, any belief that that's the next thing. Yeah. There's certain people who I think are, like, I'm going to live in the Jersey Shore for my life. This is where my family is. And I'm going to do comedy, like, in my spare time. And yeah. it'll be fun. Yeah. And I think that is, like, a very healthy and fun way to do it. Mm-hmm. And potentially even more healthy and fun than the I'm going to be successful thing. Because if you're doing the I'm being going to be successful thing, you get to do it more, potentially. But also, like, if it doesn't work out... Like, there's no support system underneath you.
0: And, well, what is the success? Because, like, I feel like, again, you kind of talked about this. Like, again, about being just, like, how even your jokes. Like, a lot of times you're just there in that moment. Yeah. You know? So, it's like, that unto itself could be, like, that could be just your success. Like, you know? Or is there, like, an end, a definitively hard, bright line of, like, success is when I've done this venue or when I've made X amount of dollars or... Yeah. told 10, however many hours of jokes, you know?
1: I guess to me it would be like if you're making all of your money from stand-up comedy. Or like yeah. the majority of your money is like through stand-up comedy and you're not like uh, eating out of the garbage. You know what I mean? If you have enough to like afford rent and food off of uh, off of doing stand-up comedy, I think yeah. that to me is, is it. But I guess it doesn't have to be that way for everybody. Some people might just want to like do comedy locally, perform, maybe get a couple like good YouTube videos up yeah. or be on a couple shows and you know, kind of like... That's it, you know? There's nothing wrong with that either.
0: So what about, though, for you? What is your whole... Because, again, doing, sure. it is. this is a lot of time. It's, yeah. you know, a lot of energy. Um, so what's your, like, I guess, definition of success in comedy?
1: Um, I guess, to me, it would be full-time professional comedy and then to have, like, a uh, creatively, like, a, a creatively uh, vital release. Something that I came out with that was, like, well-received and, like, an more artsy way. I don't I like I like saying that but like more artsy way. (laughs) Something that like that people could say like I could release and it's just like, oh this is a very good thing, you know?
0: Like a project, like almost yeah, like, like a your, project. Like how you because Mark did do like the Christmas video, yes. so something like a culmination, like something kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Like if the a... Christmas
1: videos has had more views then I'd be like that's that's it. Oh, but that's okay. Well, yeah, so... it has to be like a wide received thing, like okay. a, like a, a a thing that I think is very good that like a lot of people see. other also people would yes. find. Yeah. 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 So right. that would be kind of like the the that's goal for your... me. Yeah. yeah.
0: But, like, again, you're working at it. And, like, especially, too, I feel like that's, like, a big part is, like, again, putting out content. Like, even with the podcast, like, I took a break from a while, you know what I mean? Because it's, like, just doing content, like, just putting it out, keep trying. Even now, like, I know today we had quite a few technical difficulties. um, But, you know, again, it's just I feel like about the process of keep trial and error, trial and error to get to eventually you're going to get to a point where, like, you're like, this is exactly what I want. Like, you know it in your head. And it's just kind of like, okay, executing it. Yeah. You know, sometimes take some time. Yeah. So, uh, I, like, psychology, I want to get a little bit. What do you, what's your opinion, psychology? Thumbs up or thumbs down?
1: It's not real. No, I think it's, it's not, fine. No, I, is I don't is know it isn't Yeah, the, uh, a lot of, that's what I wanted no, to I think know, there's a lot I'm, of psychology. I think it's, I don't know, oh, it's, too, it's too broad of a question. Do you think
0: it's a real science?
1: I don't know. I don't know about science. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what science we is. We have a flat earther here. No,
1: no, I believe all the science, <laughs> but, like, if you were like, well, why is it? I'd be like, I don't know. Just... Yeah. Smart guy said it was round, so I believe that. And the dumb guys think it's flat. So I'm like, I'm not going to be a dumb guy. <laughs> I'm going to be a dumb idiot like these people that watch a documentary and think it's that when everyone else thinks it's the other thing.
0: There's so much information available, though, uh, to become a dumb idiot. Yeah. It's like just so easy. <laughs> <laughs> so easy. But, uh, you know, especially too, like, I like to do this podcast. Like yes. I said, for me, it makes, it helps me understand more. Like, I feel like I pick up tips yeah. from comics. Um, I enjoy it. But then I think about, too, like, this whole idea, like, what's driving yeah. me to do it? And so what's driving you to do this? Why?
1: Um, I think I'm addicted to just being in stage in front of people at this point. Yeah? I've done it so much that if I'm not in front of people, I get, like, you know, you're saying, like, you get nervous doing it. I think mm-hmm. it's almost the opposite, where I get more anxious not doing it. Oh, okay. Where, like, if I'm not on stage for a while, um, like, I've been seeing this girl, and she says she can tell if I haven't been on stage in a while. Like, uh, just I, I guess I have, like, a different, like, uh energy about me a
0: different energy (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh
1: so um
0: how how long have you been doing it for then so when was your first time on stage
1: like uh the first time i was on stage was a very long time ago because i tried it a little bit in college yeah and i would do like maybe like once every couple weeks or like once every like month or so yeah and then uh I, like, did that for a few months, and then, and that was, like, maybe back in, like, 2011. Yeah. And then I, I bombed one night, and then I just, like, didn't do it again for years. And, like, at one point, I tried to, like, pick it up again. It didn't take. So it's probably been, like, eight or nine years where I've been, like, consistent and, like, no real stops going going forward with it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: The bomb. But now it seems like the bomb is something probably for you. Yeah, matter. you're just like, eh. Because you just want some, to be on stage. Every like, once in a
1: while, there'll be a stiff bomb, and I'll just be like, oh, And then that's it. You know, there's not yeah. much... Not much to go on past that. No, you don't yeah.
0: perseverate on your bombs.
1: No, because I don't think uh, your bombs are you necessarily. What also, are they? not are your they? Ki- sometimes your kills aren't you either. Sometimes, who are you? Who you know?
0: are you? Who are? Are we going to to philosophy instead of yeah. psychology? <gasps> who are you,
1: Henley? <laughs> Big dog. <talk>. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean. It's just, because essentially your humor is who you are. Yeah. You know, like our humor is so much the essence of yeah. our identity. So yeah. it's like, sometimes I know, I, for me, I feel like if like people are rejecting my humor, they're rejecting me. But you're saying like, the bombs are not always you. The yeah. kills are also not always you. So what is it then?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I think the, the, I don't necessarily always see the re- rejecting you thing. Just because... Like, sometimes I think it's very weird that I... That the, the stand-up comedy even happens. Because, like, I'll, I'll be in, like, a bar or some venue where, like, everyone there is, like, very cool. Okay. As I perceive them. They're all very cool. They're all a bunch of Machine Gun Kellys. Sometimes we perform at this... <laughs> sometimes we'll perform at, this, like, like, a venue and... There are these weird venues in Jersey and this sounds like it's made up, but there'll be, like, a underground bar but for weed. You know what I mean? Okay. Where it'll be, like, an underground... It'll be, like, a bar... But like it's clearly illegal. It's like a, a warehouse somewhere. Yeah. And then like everyone's just smoking weed the whole time. And everyone there has like great sneakers and they're cool and they're like they're like multiple races. Like they're all they're all sick. They're all great. Oh wow. And I've never
0: been to any I'm not even cool enough to know where these <laughs> sneakers
1: are. And and then it's so weird to me that like at some point and they're all talking having a good time. And then at some point everyone just stops and then they have all the comics go up who like if we weren't labeled comics, we wouldn't be allowed to sit at the table. You know what I mean? So to me, mm-hmm. on some level, like I, I I'm not like, oh, like they would like me, but to me, it's almost like more unlikely that they would invite me to the table that like, because of stand-up, I almost have like the leg up to be part of the thing that I wouldn't be part of you know. anyway. you so know
0: what makes you the cool guy?
1: Yeah, or oh, yeah, or. Okay. It'll,
0: that no, makes I, sense. Still, why Pete Davidson is so good friends with Machine Gun Kelly?
1: <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's still why. Like, I, I, I don't necessarily even think I'm the cool guy after all that. I think yeah. I'm still the weird guy with multiple. Uh, all these things are on multiple Stephen King books. Not and like all weird ones too. They're like the Regulators and and uh, Dark Tower Six. So I'm I'm already the weird guy that like if I went up to you with the party and was like, Hey, my dad is gay. They'd be like, get The fuck away from me. <laughs> But for some reason, because it's called stand-up comedy and, like, you know, there's a tradition there and we're trusted to, like, be interesting the whole time, they're willing to let us have the floor for an extended period of time when they could just talk to each other and probably have a good time. Yeah. So, I think that is, like, it's it's almost unlikely, I think, that we are the thing.
0: You said trust. What do you mean? You used the word trust.
1: I did not. I would... Play the tape back. No, what did I say?
0: We will go to the videotape. <laughs> but trust that they're trusting you enough. The audience yes. is trusting you So what builds trust?
1: Well, they're they're trusting the brand of stand-up comedy. They're not even trusting me. they're tr- they they're oh, the
0: idea.
1: They're hearing that stand-up comedy is happening. Yeah. And so I've been labeled stand-up comedy, so I'm almost like, you know, being able to take control of the room because they under, they've they seen like Gabriel Iglesias or somebody on TV. <sighs> and then...
0: <laughs> I saw... we. St- my dad, for his birthday, we took him. Oh, it was awesome? At, at Newark. At yeah. that pe- big Penn Stadium. What is it, Penn Station? He's no, wildly Not fa- Penn Station. Yeah. Uh, Prudential Center. Yeah, he's
1: wildly popular. <gasps>
0: he is wildly popular. Yeah. He... It was a Sunday night, and that show was packed. The yeah. Pen, I was like, oh, my Lord.
1: But I, I wanted to use a more mainstream <laughs> example than, like... Maybe someone else would have said, like, Richard Pryor or somebody. I wanted, yeah. like, a more, like, wow. you know... Uh, someone that maybe, like, more people would have seen. But, yeah, that's the... Um, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're right. And I guess ultimately you want to be, like, the person that can, like, contribute to that. Yeah. You want to ride off the idea of, like, there's a stand-up comedian coming up till eventually they're like, oh, you know, Mark or is at the thing the same way. You'd be like, oh, Fluffy, Gabriel Iglesias is at the thing. This is the thing. Or, like, oh, this guy's doing stand comedy like Mark does or, like, the big dog does, kind of like that. Yeah. So, like, that's what you want to do. But, like, yeah, the, the, the allure of comedy show puts you in a lot of, like, rooms and in front of a lot of people that you would never get in front of in general. Yeah. And so I, I don't, that's why I guess like, I think i to amend my thing. I do think the kills are you because I think we should take the credit when we can get it. But I don't necessarily think the bombs are you and I don't necessarily think that the interest you always get from doing stand-up comedy.
0: Like again, how sometimes people will take you for what your joke is. Like they connect yes. to that joke. Yeah. And it's like, I worry about that because sometimes I'll have people, right? Mm-hmm. Who will like my stuff. Yes. And I'm like, I think you're my target audience. Yeah. I, get, How,
1: yeah, I get that a lot with Comedy Fight Clubs. Comedy Fight Club uh, is very offensive show. It's very reckless. It says, people say all sorts of offensive things that like theoretically get you canceled or fired or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that the missing component is like, uh, with all the cancellations and stuff like that, there's always a person that wants it to happen. There's always a person with an axe to grind against you. That's like, all right, I've saved up this clip and I'm gonna deploy it when they get successful. It would happen to Shane Gillis. People do that. Like that's yeah. the kind of thing is like. Once you get the next thing, someone will have an issue and they'll try to like campaign against you. So that's you, that's a thing you have no control over. But like, uh, I, I know Matt, the guy that runs Comedy Fight Club, is like very wary of like certain th- certain fa- uh, ob- obtaining certain fans. I guess that might like uh, turn against you down the line. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know. I'm I think if that ever happened to me, I'd just sort of be like. I mean, that's what happened, you know? I I I gave it my shot.
0: Well, I think that's also part of being willing to stick yourself in, like, the, you know, essentially, like, the public eye. Like, you're willing to say, okay, you want to be on stage. People are going to look at you. So once you're putting yourself in that position, people are going to look. And there's something very, I feel like, comforting to humanity to be Mm -hmm. like part of this mob rule yeah like when someone's getting canceled it's like oh everybody is kind of in that sense of this is our community now and we all hate you you know
1: yeah people like that
0: woke mob kind of yeah we
1: all like being mad at somebody even if you're the other side of it you still want to like be like this person's stupid look at them doing a stupid thing we all we all love to hate on a thing but like that's why uh i I don't know I i think you just gotta like. Do what you think is right on stage. Don't cross lo- like boundaries that you don't think you are- should be crossed. Right. And uh, like, when you're in a room, try to respect the boundaries of that room itself, because you'll do better if you do. And um, when you can can let loose, just fucking let loose right. and take some swings. Right. And get weird.
0: Get weird. I yeah. like that. That's where I like. I said I'm trying to push towards. Yeah. More weird. Yeah. I like the idea of living. In lunacy sure. and people feel like, Oh, well, ladies are on hinge because of <laughs> why not? Yeah. You know? Um, and
1: you're a big old liberal feminist and you you're already annoyed with all the feminism. This stuff. Yeah. You're yeah, always like women can do anything.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know it. You know my, my You schtick.
1: do yoga and have a dog. I guess uh, conservatives have dogs too. They do too,
0: yeah. They have dogs for hunting.
1: Everyone has dogs.
0: Everybody has. Like,
1: Including hey, we the, big the big dog. And
0: and the big dog, the best dog. We're exactly. so happy that you Thank could you be a guest. <laughs> on Comedians, do me a favor. Yes. Tell everybody where they can find your, on social media, um, and also uh, your Christmas
1: I'm videos. I'm at, on- at Mark Henley on uh, Instagram. Uh, H-E-N-E-L-Y is the last name. Uh, and then I'm on Comedy Fight Club. I think Comedy Fight NYC is the YouTube channel. Yeah. I'm on that every single week. And then there's, if you search my name in there, I've got, like, a ton of battles in there. They're all real wild. And then Snack Attack Comedy is the YouTube channel where I post the Christmas videos. We posted a bunch of, uh, rap ciphers where we filmed stand-up comedy <laughs> as if they were, like, rap videos. And then also some, like, uh, snack content. I was performing with my friend, uh, Ben Miller. He's the other part of the, that, that, that duo. So, um that's that's where to find me uh if you can get out the christmas uh give the christmas videos a watch i'd appreciate that i think it's a good representation of what i do in comedy the second one is very wild and uh that was all like mostly improvised comedy like it was it was bits but like it wasn't improvised in the sense like i had all the bits kind of done but like um i had uh christmas gifts that were there and people would come up and i would give them a drink and then they would take a gift and they would present me with the gift and the gift would be like the next part of the set Mm -hmm. So it was almost like letting the audience organize the set list. Oh fun,
0: that's yeah. cool. And then
1: some of the things in there are like not necessarily bits, they're like sort of crowd games as well. So that's right. in there as well. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Well we're gonna post the links below. I'm gonna have them so like below, yeah. No, not thumbs down. Oh. They're gonna be
1: great.
0: Find <laughs> them below. And we're yeah. so happy, Mark. I'm so stoked that Thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah, I'm totally happy and it was so fun. It was yeah. worth it was worth the wait. Yeah. <laughs> audience and We are very happy that we had today on Comedians Exposed the Big Dog Comedy Fight Club Mark Henley. Thanks again, Mark.